0: Let's hack the process together. Ten years as a journalist and another ten running a public relations agency gave Alistair Clay the skill to spot a newsworthy story and the experience to help make it stand out. Along the way, he and his wife, Gemma, developed Class PR as a way to help startups and entrepreneurs learn how to frame and pitch the qualities that make their businesses unique without relying on an expensive external agency. In this episode of Hack the Process, Alistair will tell us what drove him to turn the PR mentoring he was doing one-on-one into a course, how he found a coach and benefited from that relationship, and how he and Gemma leveraged their different personalities and skill sets in building and running a business together. Today I'm talking with Alistair Clay. He's the founder of Class PR, which focuses on public relations for startups and smaller companies. Alistair, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, David. How are you? I'm doing great. Did I get that right? Is that really what your company's been working on?
1: Yeah. So this is a new new business for us, Class PR. It's an online PR training school for small businesses, startups and entrepreneurs. I actually run a traditional PR agency, which I've done for almost 10 years. But the traditional agency model is out of reach for most small businesses and startups. It's too expensive. And, and you know, and I'd seen so many great businesses come and go over the years that I just thought, I want to create a product that is within the reach and of small businesses and can really help them to put their businesses on the map at the beginning when they need this help more more than ever, almost.
0: So that's interesting. So your new company isn't really an agency or even in the agency model, it's more of a class? No, it's it's deliberately trying to disrupt the agency model. (laughs) Because I mean, I started off as a journalist,
1: So I was a journalist for 10 years, and then I've been in PR for 10 years as well. And Yeah, if I'm being blunt, I've kind of seen agencies rip off small businesses sometimes and give them retainers of, you know, thousands of dollars a month that they just don't need and they can't get the value out of. So there are skills in understanding how to tell your story, understanding what's newsworthy about your business, understanding who your audiences are, what your key messages that you should have those as a startup, as an entrepreneur. You know, you shouldn't be trying to buy those in. They are core to developing your business because they, you know, they're core business skills. So what I figured with Class PR was to kind of reverse engineer the process of doing PR which I've done for you know a long time now into a formula which we call the famous formula that anybody can follow so you kind of you sign up to class PR you're in the community for a year you go through this intensive six-week training and then you get uh, coaching calls once a month for the period a year and so it allows you to do your PR yourself until your business is at a size where you either hire somebody or you hire an agency you know when you're ready but at the beginning it's a very expensive way to not
0: get much traction if you're not careful. So at the end of your program, sometimes people end up going with the agency model anyway. Yeah, maybe. But what we say is that if your business is a success and is, you
1: know, is, is picking up and turnovers increasing and you have more resources, then if you've gone through this process, you will be an educated consumer. So you will make a better choice of PR agency when you're ready to, to really hire a PR agency. And I've seen that many times is that people, you know, whose businesses may be growing, but they actually have no idea how, you know, they come to me and say, well, I don't really know what I need, what type of agency I need. If they have some understanding of the processes behind PR, what it's really about, which is building building trust, then they are in a much better position to hire the right agency when they're ready. I'm not trying to destroy the PR agency model, but at the beginning, I think there's a better
0: solution for people it's always seemed to me like PR is kind of a dark art and nobody really understands. It's a huge umbrella that encompasses a lot of things that have to do with how a company represents itself. Definitely. For me, it's it's an interesting paradox that I think PR has a PR issue,
1: which, you know, namely that, yeah, it is seen as a dark art, but really the way I approach it anyway, it's storytelling. So it's understanding the stories in your business, how to present your business in a way that is most likely to connect with your audiences and is most likely to build trust amongst your audiences. That's That's what we're about. So we're not, particularly i'm not interested in kind of crazy stunts and things like that i'm much more about you know turning the company inside out and finding the stories that already exist in there the motivations behind why you set up your business what's so unusual what's so disruptive what's so just a first about the business that you're launching and understanding how to turn those into newsworthy stories that the media that podcasters that bloggers will love and that your audience will love and that will demonstrate your expertise so that people start to trust you more because if people trust you if your audiences trust you they're more likely to buy
0: your products, ultimately, or your services. I like that you frame that around storytelling. I've talked to a lot of people in sales and in design and in media and in PR. And often it comes back down to having the people who run the company, the founders of the company, really understand their story so that they can tell it well. It's critical, you know, and that's why I said, you know, often PR is, and it drives me crazy sometimes, is seen as this sort of, somebody
1: will, will build a product or build a service and they'll go through this whole process and then they'll come to launch it and they'll go, right, who's going to do the PR? Right at the end. Well, actually, you should bring that, those thought processes Into the beginning of developing your business, because understanding what your story is, is not just something that should be stuck on at the end. Your story are your motivations, your reason, the impact you hope
0: to have. And those are key questions that you need to answer to have a decent business. I agree. Although it feels to me like it is something that you can decide up front what you might want your story to be and have it evolve significantly over time. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. In in fact, it
1: it invariably will evolve, but at least just having that kind of radar up to know that in this day and age where, you know, we are living in the golden age of communications, you know, where everybody has a megaphone via Twitter or, you know, any sort of social media platform, you need to have a clear handle on what your story is as, as a business. Otherwise, if you're not clear on that, you'll be beige and you'll be
0: ignored or other people will decide what your story is and you don't want to be in that position. You bring up a really interesting point, because we're in a time of huge, tumultuous transition in terms of media. (laughs) Uh, And PR is certainly, I think perhaps the dog is being wagged by the tail in this case, because so much is happening. And PR is kind of just tagging along behind trying to catch up in some ways. I think it depends. Like you say, PR, public relations, is such
1: an amorphous term that you need to. For me, like I say, it is about storytelling, and whether you're telling those stories through the mainstream media or through via podcaster or bloggers or Instagram people with Instagram channels that you want to that you want to target. You know, influencers. PR really is about taking control of your story, and that really is more important than ever right now. So, if we think of PR as just about getting in the New York Times, that's not really the way to think about it in this day and age. It really is about understanding what your messages are, how you're going to frame those within a compelling story, and then how you're going to get those in front of your audience. Because in this day and age, when we are drowning in a world of a billion tweets, unless you have a compelling story that engages with people on an emotional level, it's going to be very hard for you as a small business to kind of get any cut through it's also very important when you're doing this to define who your audience is. Absolutely. The the beginning of our process, which we call the famous formula, you know, the first thing we do is who is your audience? What are your key messages? And what are the channels you're going to use? Once we've got that core information, we then go about thinking, okay, so where are the stories within our business that are going to be the vehicle to take those key messages to our target audience? And that's what PR is really about. Now, I don't care if the channel is me meeting you down the pub and having a chat or getting you on the front page of the New York Times, ultimately, that doesn't really matter. That's that's the end of the channel. What's really key are what are the key messages we're trying to get across and what story are we going to use to deliver those key messages? Because if I say, you know, I'm launching, I don't know, a new app that parks my car automatically or something like that, and it costs $8.99 and it's available on April the 3rd. Well, That's information. Those are key messages that we want to get across for sure, but that's not a story. That's not going to ignite somebody's imagination, certainly not a journalist. So what we want to be able to do is to find stories that will allow us to deliver those key messages to our target audience. And I think in this day and age, what I've noticed recently is... The circle on PR has almost gone full circle from where you're right that PR kind of the digital explosion came along. And I think PR was very much about traditional media relations, getting in traditional mainstream media. And I think the industry was slightly shaken by that. But now... You know, most mainstream media have matured in our digital platforms themselves, and we have very huge digital platforms that may have started off as niche blogs, Mashable, TechCrunch, that are now, as they operate by the same rules as the mainstream media in many ways, because they're so big now. And what you find now is that because there is so much noise out there, it's more important than ever to get high profile media coverage or or coverage in real reputable media outlets, because that's how you can stand above the crowd.
0: That's how you can cut through the noise. And to do that, you need a story. It's true. But you also need a story if you want to stand out in a really small targeted niche and just focus in on that one audience and not worry about the larger mainstream publications. Totally, totally, totally. The
1: ability to tell a good story has been with us since we sat around in a cave, sat around an open fire in loincloths, and it'll be with us for many, many thousands of years more. You know, the, the, the ability to tell compelling, emotionally engaging stories is what PR is about. And whether we use Twitter to do that, or we're trying to get on you know, Mashable, or we're using the New York Times, or, you know, the six o'clock news on CNN, that doesn't really matter. It's, it's, it's how do you present a story that makes me sit up and go,
0: wow. I want to find out more about this business so telling a good story is an abstract concept and i'm sure that a lot of people in my audience and a lot of people out there have heard the concept before how do you get people who have heard this over and over again to the point where they can really unearth the story in what they're doing uh tell them to buy my course (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but no joking aside yeah, well what we've tried you're right, because what
1: makes something a great story, what makes something newsworthy crucially from a PR point of view is the question we need to answer. And part of that is a science and part of that is an art form as well. So it's that's why it's hard to teach. But what we've tried to do is to create a formula by which you can do that. And so the first questions you need to the way we help people do this is we go through a process in which you map out all areas of your business and we split it into five separate areas and you start to analyze those areas of the business and look at where things are happening which are new unusual, a first, counterintuitive, paradoxical, a powerful human interest story, emotive Those are the sorts of pieces of information you're looking for, which are going to be the fuel for newsworthy stories that are going to have PR value. Once you go through that exercise, you then need to understand, well, how newsworthy is this information? And then we have a process by which you can kind of refine if it's an A grade story, we say a B, a C or, or a D. And by going through this process, like I say, the famous formula over six weeks, it allows you to go from having not a clue about what's newsworthy from a story point of view to almost kind of a you know a, a journalist training on steroids to being able to understand what's newsworthy, what sort of media are going to enjoy it, how you're going to write that story, because that's really important. How you're going to pitch and how you're going to sell that story
0: through to the media. I was thinking this sounds like journalism training. It's very hard to condense that into six weeks. But yeah, very much.
1: You know, I mean I, I mean yeah, I'm not going to lie,
0: you can't do a six week course
1: and then have the experience of 10 years, but you can go through a six week course which gives you the fundamentals of how the game works and be a hell of a lot more educated. I mean, we've put, you know, many, many people through our class PR course and they get great results. I see them, you know, in the UK, in the Guardian, in America, I see them getting on huge blogs and in the New York Times and places like that. So can you become a master in six weeks or over a year of coaching? No. But can you be a hell of a lot better than
0: somebody who's just guessing? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That makes perfect sense. So you tell people to figure out how to break down their business into these categories and then grade what they're doing that's new and unique in these different areas as whether or not they would be relevant stories. Exactly. So we literally have this process. It starts off with an exercise called story finder. You then go to story viewer.
1: You then go to story grader. You then go to the story. You then go to story planner, which allows you to build a strategic plan for your PR for the whole year. You then go to Story Pitcher, which teaches you how to pitch. And then finally, Story Booster, which teaches you how to maximize the impact of your media coverage once you've got it from an SEO point of view, from a purely sharing amongst your key stakeholders, investors like to see if you're getting media coverage, that sort of thing. So it's a real toolkit for going from, you know, a small business, a startup who knows that great media coverage, not only kind of mainstream, but also blogs and podcasts is going to give them credibility and awareness
0: and understanding how to go about achieving that. So you brought up SEO. This means that your course must go then into the technical side of things in addition to going into the informational side. Yeah, more the narrative side. Yes, we do touch on that. Absolutely. And and I think it's because, and this is, sorry, I should
1: have concluded my point with more clarity earlier, but this is why PR is back in the game big time. Because from an SEO point of view, getting coverage in significant media outlets or or even, you know, big podcasts, podcasts like yours and blogs and getting backlinks is absolute, it's, it's rocket fuel for your SEO effort. So, you you know, the game has changed in SEO to, to try. what Google's trying to do is to reflect the real world relevance of your business. So if media is talking about you, then that's going to be favorable as long as obviously you're getting backlinks and all this sort of stuff. So PR is absolute vital element of an effective
0: SEO campaign. In fact, you can't do it without it. No question about that. And you're also helping people figure out how to navigate the landscape of social media and plan out how they're going to take advantage of these things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the thing is, <laughs> what what you often find is that, you know, people do all the hard work, you know, understanding how their sto- what their story is, creating a great story, pitching it. I mean, it's a long process, you know. And then they get, say, I don't know, a great piece on um, Wired or Mashable or they're in The Guardian or something and they kind of just go, oh, it's great. And it's like, okay, that's that's just part of, the, that's just part of the, the result you're after. Once you've got that great media coverage, how do you share it via social media to connect with audiences and stakeholders that you want to influence and show, you know, look at the fact my business has been written about by the New York Times. How do you use that coverage, share it amongst your email newsletter to kind of really inspire people? Because yes, you're getting great awareness from high profile media coverage, but almost as important is the credibility it brings. If people you're trying to get to buy your service see the fact that the likes of the New York Times or, you know, like I say, Wired or someone are writing about you, that makes you look like a serious player. And so you need to really, really leverage as much impact out of that media
0: coverage as possible. That makes perfect sense. Now, you started this off, you came into this as a journalist. And I'm curious what it was that you saw as a journalist that made you feel like you wanted to shift gears and go into the PR side of things. Uh, Working 24 hours a day. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. <laughs> okay. So, well, I mean, I set up Class
1: PR with my wife, Gemma. So so this is a very different business that we've got now together. And we also run our other PR agency together. She's worked in PR for years. Um, but I started off as a journalist. And so I kind of flew out of university, you know, with all these ideals of breaking my own Watergate scandal story or whatever. And it was told that I had to work my way up through local newspapers and all this sort of stuff. And this was the late nineties, just as the internet was taking off. And I didn't believe any of that. So I, I was I was very fortunate I was very pushy back then and I immediately I managed to get a job on one of the big national newspapers in the UK at the age of 22 so I was straight in on the nationals the daily mirror when I was 22 years old I was hired by Piers Morgan who I think has had a, had a show in the US for a while and it was an incredible learning experience I mean it was a baptism of fire working for a daily national newspaper in the late 90s I mean it was just Yeah. I mean, you were doing huge political stories or, you know, big crime stories or celebrity stories. And I was incredibly green when I started out. I was enthusiastic, but I I mean, I was naive and, you know, I was down in London and like I say, working on a daily national newspaper and it was, it was full on. You know, it was a very high pressured environment. The pressure to bring in exclusive stories every day was very intense. But during those kind of five years there or so, I learned the ability to spot a truly newsworthy story from a thousand paces, you know, and it was, it was drilled into you and it was an incredible, I mean, it was a baptism of fire, but it was an incredible learning experience and it really did set me up for the rest of my career. And so I did five years there. But like I say, it was a really interesting time to start in journalism in 1998 because the internet was really starting to explode. And you could see older journalists there who were very resistant to it. Because they had been the gatekeepers of information for, as, you know, <laughs> since the printing press, right? And the owners of these big media houses, you know, they were just playing catch-up. They just did not, you know, they would see some kids set up a blog that would explode into a complete, you know, publishing phenomena. They'd be like, well, how do we get our heads around this? How do we compete online? And so I moved over then to uh, ITV in the, in the UK. It's a network TV channel as they were launching all their news online and started working there, which was really interesting. And then I remember, and I can still remember this moment, I went to a, like a seminar on social media, just as it was kind of really starting to explode in like 2005, 2006. I went to this guy's presentation on this new thing called Twitter. And I sat there and I just, you know, as a journalist, and I just, it was a genuine eureka moment. And I was like, this is going to change the world. You know, and, and I can remember sitting next to my colleague, Andy, another journalist, and he's like, oh, this is a right load of rubbish, isn't it? I said, Mate, this changes the game for journalism. This is because we'd also, if you were a journalist, you were used to having something called the newswire. So I think in America, you have AP, Associated Press, and we have the Press Association in the UK. And really, like Twitter is the newswire for everybody. So suddenly I could see, I saw that like the, the game was going to change and that actually journalism was changing so rapidly and actually. And that was actually changing PR as well. So what PR was becoming, I worked in-house, first of all, when I moved into PR was, and there were a flood of journalists like me moving into PR because really what companies were doing and and charities and organisations were doing were kind of hiring their own in-house journalists to broadcast their news in a way and to engage on their behalf. Because everybody is now be, was becoming a content generator, it wasn't just enough to employ PR people who just sent out information. You needed to create compelling stories and narratives and do the journalist's job for them more and more because there are fewer and fewer journalists. And so if you don't provide stories, stories rather than what press releases used to be, which were just dry lists of information, which were basically adverts looking for a way to get news coverage. Unless you give news outlets newsworthy content, they're not going to write about you. And so I could see that I could use my journalism skills almost more like in-house working in PR. And so I went to head up the press team for a big charity over in the UK, first of all, before then setting
0: up my own PR agency in with Gemma in 2010. When you talk about the way that these things have changed, I'm picturing how hiring an in-house journalist, essentially what these companies were doing was taking journalists who were losing their jobs as the media consolidated and as journalism started squeezing tighter and bringing those people into a new role where they could focus on telling the stories of individuals rather than trying to search for broader stories yeah it's fascinating because you're absolutely right. you know the newsrooms have shrunk like just- exp-
1: you know whatever the reverse of exponentially over the last twenty years, but ironically in an era where storytelling and communication is more prevalent than ever, so you need people with those skills to do that for your company for your for your own media channels, for your social media channels for if you're trying to punch through into the mainstream media and so those journalists I mean most of the people I
0: trained with now are in PR
1: of left journalism.
0: In some ways, I saw between the 90s and the 2000s, journalism shrink and shrink, and so many journalists lose their work. But on the other hand, the ability of journalists to bring that storytelling ability and focus in on all of these multiple channels where essentially amateurs are out there controlling how information gets distributed, it really opens up a new opportunity, a new channel. Oh, completely, completely. But I, I
1: do think journalists, certainly the ones I work with, were very slow to see what was coming. Not all of them, of course, you can't you know generalize like that, but I, I do think you know if you've been in, in especially the older ones, if you've worked in the media most of your life and you have been the person who's had your byline on a news story that no one else is going to hear about until it hits the newsstands tomorrow and suddenly everybody can share it via Twitter, that's quite discombobulating. Yeah, but I think it's thrilling. I think it's 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 fascinating because it's it's all about now the power of the story
0: and who can tell a great story and engage people on an emotional level. So as you shifted into the PR agency, and it was a more traditional PR agency that you launched and that you're still running. Is your focus still primarily on, on the large mainstream media or does your agency also do a lot of outreach to smaller bloggers or finding those niche channels? It's both. Yeah, it's absolutely both. So yes, we do. I mean, we do a lot of healthcare work with that agency. And so the
1: mainstream media is important, but outreach to influencers in certain niches and certain geographies as well, because we'll be working with private healthcare providers in certain parts of the UK. And so there will be community, even bloggers and stakeholders who it's really important that we connect with those people and try and get them to understand our message and to to engage with us and to and so we can have conversations with those people because you know say within a town of 50,000 people if you're a local community blogger and 5,000 people read your blog you're a really powerful person in that community you know it's all about understanding yeah, who the audience is for the kind of the client or the project you're working on. So it's it is it's absolutely both. And also helping clients understand how to navigate, you know, the ever-evolving jungle that is social media and, you know, what's the best way for them to, to use that, especially in the healthcare space, which is, you have to be very, it can be some real issues there. Because if you, we do a lot of work with like schools who work with children with autism and learning disabilities and things like that. And, you know, how do you use social media to demonstrate, you know, the wonderful impact your schools have, but without being exploitative as well of the people who are using your services, if they have learning challenges or things like this. So there are a whole host of issues that you have to kind of navigate. And it's fascinating from a PR point of view, when you are in a sector where reputation is completely built on trust and the need to be responsible, but you're also trying to bring life
0: to like a a school for kids with special needs or something like that. It's great when you have a story like that that you can tell that it resonates and that's so positive that has a, a really strong impact on people. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I, I love it. And what I've learned as well over the last you know how many however
1: many years is that in this day and age as well where there are so many channels you can get your message across to your audience but also obviously you want them to talk to you as well the more open and transparent and honest you can be in your communications the better basically you know i mean and even in something like healthcare where there are sensitivities as consumers of communications now we're incredibly savvy and we're very wary of organizations i think which don't communicate in an open and honest way of course there are always things that you're not going to show the entire workings of your business but i think you know we have a nice phrase which is Behind the truth. So when you when you're using PR, you know PR does have a bad <laughs> reputation in some ways that it is seen sometimes as a bit of a dark art or something. I think because I come from a journalist background, that's not how I like to work, and it's much more about being open and honest in your communications. Because the more you do that the more difficult it is for people to throw criticism at you. If they don't like what you're doing, you go, well, okay, but this is the way we work. These are our values. This is this is what our business is all about. And it's always the attempt to hide something or the cover-up that is what makes people not trust you, rather than what they might not like about your
0: business in the first place. Well, as you said, it's like PR itself has a PR problem. And companies that don't know how to work with, with a public relations agency are, are at great risk, of basically throwing their money down down an empty channel and not being able to get anything out of it because they don't know how to benefit from it.
1: That's so true, you know. And, and 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 that makes looking at my more traditional agency that makes it very difficult sometimes when you are trying to sell your skills to somebody. You cannot sell something to somebody who doesn't see value in it, and they won't see value in it if they're not an educated consumer. And so one of the reasons we came to set up Class PR as well is because, like I say, you know, we can really help small businesses and startups in so many ways. You know, okay to get great media coverage, but also to really understand how to represent themselves, how to shape their reputation, how to understand how their business appears from their audience's point of view. That's the crucial thing is that so many people set up a business and they're full of passion, but they've never, and I work with smart people, but they've never stepped out of their skin and stepped into the skin of their audience and gone, well, how does this look from my audience's point of view? Would I trust this business? Or, you know, are my messages cutting through? Well, the principles can be taught quite quickly. That's why we wanted to set up class PR because, yeah, it
0: helps you get put in business on the map, but it, it helps you be a better business as well. well. I'm curious, since you were running a PR agency, if you had an aha moment when you realized that this was something that was needed that wasn't being satisfied. Do you know, this it sounds like a strange place to do it, but my
1: wife and I were actually at a music festival in the UK and we recently had our first child and we were kind of just talking about the the challenges of running an agency. Just after our first child had been born, actually our daughter, Ari, we lost one of our biggest clients like literally the next day. And and suddenly, you know, we felt very vulnerable. You know, we're only a small agency. There's only five of us. And suddenly we were kind of, God, you know, we're we're so overexposed to a small number of decision makers. And at the same time, through my own personal networks and kind of just mentoring groups and so on, I'd, I'd met so many really awesome small businesses and startups. And they'd said to me, oh, we've got this great story. Can you help us with our PR and everything? And I'm like, yeah, but you don't have the money. And then I haven't got the time. You know, I've still got to run a business. And, and I was thinking, but I can give you some training. And blah, blah. and then I thought, "There's there's an opportunity here to sell our knowledge rather than our time you know that's great for us and also it helps startups and small businesses who need pr training they want to understand how to get great media coverage fast they want to understand how to connect with influencers and bloggers and podcasters but they don't know how to do it so hang on a minute how about we create an online course with an online community and then we invite these people into it they get you know all this great wisdom and this great advice the community as well supports each other And for a fraction of the price, (laughs) you would pay, you know, it's a couple of thousand dollars a month at least to hire a PR agency, a half decent one. You can't afford that as a small business. So for a fraction of that cost over the year, and then kind of everybody
0: wins, really. And wouldn't it be fun just to set up something new and see if it works? A lot of people have told me that the great moment in their in their business was when they realized that they had a great deal of knowledge that they could share, but they couldn't do it themselves. And they needed to figure out a way to multiply themselves, essentially. And setting up a course like this is a, is a wonderful way to do that. That's exactly it, David. You know, I just got to the point where there are only
1: so many hours in the week you know the the realities of number of hours in a week, other commitments, family and everything means you can only you can only help so many people you can only serve so many clients and it just seemed like well, there's so many small businesses out there and startups who are desperate for this sort of advice but can't afford it and don't know where to get it and I want to kind of grow a different type of business that means I can sell my knowledge rather than my time so let's see if we can put these two things together I mean that sounds like oh that's bloody obvious, let's go ahead and do it, but the reality. I'll be honest of building an online business where okay it sounds arrogant but I know when it comes to PR and journalism I'm I'm pretty good and our clients who through Arc 7 my other PR agency rate us we never advertise for work we always just get referrals and so you know we have great trust ratings amongst people in the in our real life world network but when it comes to online and connecting with hundreds of startups thousands of startups and small businesses from around the world they don't know me uh, or Gemma from Adam. Why the hell should they trust us? So what's been a steep learning curve from us is the amount of value that you have to create online to build, you know, for our own PR, to build up our own trust that somebody, and why should they trust me until they they feel like they've got enough value from me, then come online and click a button and go, okay, I'm going to buy your course. I'm going to join your community because I believe that you can actually help me with my problem. And what's been a real steep learning curve is to, to realise And I think, you know, we're very, perhaps a bit cynical as as digital consumers, because there's just so much noise out there. It's like the amount of value one has to give away
0: to build trust in you as as an expert. So tell me about that. How did you build up that audience and that reputation with people that you never met and that had never heard of you so that they would trust you and come to you? I mean, you are the PR expert, so I'm really curious how you did that. It is an ongoing process, is the honest reply to
1: that. And so it's been it's been the traditional things like blogging, guest blogging. You know, I, I have my own podcast called the Famous Business Podcast, where each week I speak to a different entrepreneur from around the world and ask them how they've put their business on the map. So just by having those conversations, and then obviously that guest shares their episode with their networks, and so people can see that by virtue of the fact I'm hosting these conversations about PR – shows I must kind of know a little bit about what I'm talking about (laughs) blogging consistently week in week out but I think people when they think okay I've got a blog I've got to do a podcast I've got to get on other people's podcasts or whatever they think about just doing that as a kind of tactic to grow their business rather than and I think I did, first of all, if I'm honest, rather than thinking about how can I actually give value to the world of startups and small businesses out there? How can I, like from my heart, actually, genuinely try and help people? And I think if you if you do that, that's totally changed how I was creating blogs and all that sort of stuff. Because suddenly I thought, I know these small businesses really do have this issue. Right. This is the answer. Get it out there. Here's another one. This is, And just start to create that content and start to be on podcasts like yours and start to, you know, get other bloggers in guest blogging. And also, you know, let's face it as well, creating you know, epic blogs on my own website that are really high value pieces of content, but that are also thought out from Key's uh, search term point of view, so that these are ranking highly on Google, so people can see us, because obviously, there's a huge amount of trust imbued in the fact that if you Google online PR training, and, and we're, you know, fairly near the top of the rankings, or whatever, that then makes people trust you. So it really is multifaceted to kind of build that trust. And crucially it is a long-term game so i'm very wary of people who say they're an overnight success because i just don't think real trust is built overnight i think it takes years you know and the victory in pr as well real pr trust building pr is in the is in the continuity so always doing you know podcasting all the time blogging all the time always bringing value always trying to help your audience out yeah
0: and in the end that starts to that starts to cut through Now that is a big mindset shift for a lot of people, but I think for to be successful as an entrepreneur or a small business, that's an important mindset shift to get. hundred percent. You know, we've been doing this for two years and I say we're still at the beginning. Two years is still
1: very young. Very young for this type of business. But I think there are a lot of podcasts out there and I probably listened to a few of them when I first thought about how we could sell our knowledge rather than our time, who do sell the fantasy a bit of kind of, yeah, I just knocked a course together and then we were making six figures a month kind of like this overnight success sort of thing. And I don't know, I'm kind of a bit of a believer that anything that starts quick, ends quick (laughs) as well. so, So I think the reality is hard work, commitment, really responding to the needs of your audience.
0: And then you've got a chance. It can be a little disingenuous to sell the exception rather than the rule. But on the other hand, when people are looking for that story that is going to capture the attention of that journalist, that might be what they're looking for.
1: True. But I think When you're trying to tell a story that you want a journalist to cover about your business, it's never going to be a story that's kind of, do this course and you'll make six figures a month. That's not a story a journalist is going to be interested in. A story is something that say, I don't know, this is the first piece of software that's ever done X, or we made one million pounds in our first month or something like that. You know, you would be the exception as the the star of that story. And yeah, sure, that's going to inspire
0: other people. But I think, yeah, you have to be careful not to mislead people as well, I would say. Absolutely. But I'd like to take you back to when you were building this course. It's a big and difficult thing to build a course while you're in the middle of running a PR agency and having a baby and having a baby and keeping a family going. And in fact, doing this with your wife rather than doing this by yourself, that kind of collaboration. I'm really interested in your process and how you managed to make that work. We managed to make it work. Okay, first of all, so yes, Gemma and I, we are a married couple, but we are a great
1: team. We're quite yin and yang. Gemma is incredibly cerebral calm level-headed and really has the ability to see the big picture i'm a bit more i guess well i was a journalist so maybe i'm a bit more of a headline boy <laughs> and um, <laughs> but but i think i think it's great to run a business with somebody else and i think the chemistry in a partnership is critical you don't want two people who are the same types of people you don't want two people bringing the same thing and so if you can have this kind of yin and yang partnership that can take you a hell of a long way you know when one of us has been flying high with Class PR, then the other one is maybe not is maybe more involved with the other business, and we just seem to have kind of passed the baton as we've kind of gone along with with building class PR and I think in terms of the process what's what's really helped us has been mapping everything out. As, as we've kind of gone along, but not being afraid to, to adapt and to pivot as we've gone along as well. So we started off with, okay, we're going to do this course. We're going to make this an awesome course. We're not just going to talk it into a camera. We're going to hire a TV studio. We're going to find 10 of the best startup businesses in the UK. We ran a competition online. We're going to get them in the studio and we're going to teach them this, a bit like The Apprentice does PR. And we're going to turn this into the training course because watching other people learn, watching them have eureka moments... Is so much more powerful than me just sitting here down a YouTube camera and just saying, now you do this, now you do this. So first thing we did was to create, we reverse engineered the process of doing PR to create this seven step formula called FAMOUS. So we spent months writing that, testing it, thinking about what would well, you know how to do that if you'd never done PR before. And we wrote the entire thing, produced all the materials all the PDFs all the worksheets. And then we ran a competition. We found 10 awesome businesses. We put them up in a hotel for a week. We put them in a TV studio. We had a TV company film it. We taught the whole thing. And so then we had this this huge course, which was really powerful. Like everybody who's done it just loves it because it's really engaging and it's taught. Like I like to say the values of class PR are it's heavyweight but lighthearted. So it's kind of we teach in a kind of really engaging way. And I think people really really respond to that. So then we had this course and all the while we've been building our community as well through blogging and podcasting. And then it's just gradually kind of grown organically, but within a plan. And I think one of the biggest things that's helped us actually, know, in the last year is we started working with a consultant over in Canada, actually, a guy called Johnny Nasta, who runs a blog called Hack the Entrepreneur. He was the missing piece for us, if I'm honest, because we're both bloody good at PR, can teach, we can, you know, we get the principles, but as I hinted at, to really sell something online you know, I get like how to build trust through blogging and podcasting and media and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But to to work with somebody who's launched many online businesses before, many online training businesses before, to have somebody who's walked that path has really, really put a rocket under under class PR. So was his role as a hired consultant or would you consider him a coach? A hired consultant. But I mean, he's been coaching us as well. Yeah. I mean, we hire him, but yeah, it is more of a coaching role really. You know, we'll literally come on a call once a week. Yeah, we're here over in the UK. He's there in Canada. But my God, the impact he's had on our business has been fantastic. A call once a week—that does sound like a coaching relationship. Yeah, very much. And I'd maybe been a bit arrogant in the past that I can figure this out. This isn't this. This is not rocket science. I can figure it out. I can listen to enough podcasts or read enough blogs, and I can, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a PR professional. I understand how to to kind of build trust and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, the the learning for me was how you use digital tools, how you really. Things like, you know, email funnels and how you kind of use psychology, actually, to really get people to trust you. And how not to, you know, sell, I don't know, Johnny says to us, like, if you really believe you've got something that's going to help people, don't be afraid to sell it. And that's been a real learning as well, actually. So how did you settle on Johnny as the person to work with? <laughs> that's a good one. Well, it comes back to PR. So when we started kind of doing PR for class PR, which is getting very meta, isn't it? I like his show. I used to listen to Hack the Entrepreneur. And so we reached out, we pitched me to him as a guest. And, and he was one, I think he was the first podcast I was on actually talking about class PR. I really liked his questions and I really enjoyed being on the show. And then at the end of the show, he kind of said, hey, this thing looks really cool. You know, if you ever want to have a chat about how you can kind of move it to the next level or whatever, then just drop me a line. And I was like, yeah, 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 fine, fine, fine. And then I kind of just didn't really think about it. But he always kind of stayed in the back of my mind. And then um, about six months later, we'd kind of launched in beta and we'd had some success with the kind of the first iteration of ClassPR. You know, we were selling a few courses and everything. And I just, I just, I, mean, I sat down with Gemma and I said, you know what, we do not have the knowledge we need to take this to the next level. We need to bring in another brain who can, who's done this before, who's really scaled up online courses in communities before and who can just gently point us in the right direction. Like, you know, we're bright people, we understand this, but you can just say, no, no, it's left at this bit, it's not right. Now it's straight on. Now it's left again, you know? And so I just dropped Johnny a line because I remember that I really liked his style and we got talking and just I kind of believe in chemistry as well, you know? Like, he's got good credentials for sure, but you need to kind of get on with somebody as well. And yeah, and he's kind of pretty laid back, but he doesn't waste a word and I respect that, you know, what he says. And I look at where we were
0: and where we are now. And it's like, well, yeah, there you go. The proof is in the pudding. That is a ringing endorsement. I'm curious if you could condense what was just different between the way you were running the business before you started working with him and the way you're running it now. (laughs) Karma. I think it's karma
1: now because we were trying lots of tactics to scale the business online, trying different ways of producing sales funnels and, and, you know, because we were getting traffic, but like, how do you convert that traffic? And I think we were losing a lot of traffic because we weren't using the right types of communications in our, in our sales process, to be honest. And that's where it steps aside from PR a bit to a bit more sort of almost the psychology of selling. And so it became a little frantic that like, this week we'll try this tactic. This week we'll try another tactic. This week we'll try another. T-. And so there become so many variables in the process that you go, well, which one do we bloody change to, to try and drive up our conversion of our sales each month? Like I felt like we had an equation that was sort of, you know, a meter long and it was had so many different variables in it that it wasn't clear. Is it our landing page? Is it our lead magnet? Is it the sales funders? Is it the way we're talking about it on a podcast? Is it the language on the first page of the website? Is it the fact we haven't done this epic blog? You know, there were too many variables. And so working with Johnny, took it back to first principles and explained, you know, how we could best optimize what we were doing so far and how to kind of get your lead magnet right, get your landing pages right, to take each step at a time in the sales process of an online course and start to remove and the guesswork and to have processes in place where we could
0: test what we were doing accurately as well. So that expert's objective perspective on how to do this and focus on optimizing each piece of the puzzle rather than trying to optimize the entire picture at the same time. You nailed it. You've got it. And then once you know you're in the hands of an expert,
1: uh, you can kind of relax a bit and go, okay, he's telling me to go left at this point.
0: I'll trust him. It sounds a little bit like the objectivity that people have trouble finding for their own businesses and why they go out and hire PR agencies in the first place. Exactly. And that's what we always say is that, you know, when we're the expert, it's like we're here to stop you guessing because guessing
1: is never good in business. If you want to have a successful business, you need to be able, willing to take
0: risks. But they should be educated risks, not just random throws of the dice. It's very hard to decide which is which, though. I think your gut tells you. Speaking of your gut, I'm curious, with all of these things that you're running, how do you take care of your gut? How do you keep yourself centered while you're doing all of this? Well, Gemma and I are both, well, we actually met on a Buddhist retreat 10
1: years ago. So we both practice Buddhism and we both meditate. I'm very much a work in progress and <laughs> she seems to be able to <laughs> calm her mind quite, quite a lot. But yeah, so, so it sounds a bit cheesy maybe, but like a lot of the teachings that I've learned through Buddhism about let come, let go, and to kind of rest the mind. And, and recently I've been kind of, I don't know if you've heard of any teachings connected to something called the three principles. I found one of my favorite podcasts is a guy called Michael Neal. He wrote a book called The Inside Out Revolution. It's a game changer. It's about understanding where your stress really comes from. Once you see that it, it really is coming from within rather than outside things doing it to you, that's quite freeing. It allows you not to take things. I think things get tough when you take things too seriously. That's not to say I'm flippant and I'm not serious about what I'm doing, but if it's like I said, if it's done with heaviness, you'll burn out and it's a pretty joyless journey as well. So um, yeah, so through, I guess, my teachings in Buddhism that I've been exposed to, daily meditation practice, and we are both very much interested in the workings of the mind. Um, Gemma actually has a doctorate in anthropology.
0: It's very much in our life. That's wonderful. And it sounds like the two of you support each other very well in this business. Very much so, yeah. So people have been listening to this and they're interested in finding out about your program and about what you've been doing. How can they find you to get in touch? The best way is really just to go to our website, which is class-pr.com. If you go on there, you'll see immediately
1: what, we, what we're what we offering people straight away is a press release template. Click on get the template and then you'll you'll get loads of information from us. But really that template is the starting point because it's not just a template which kind of says, here's how to write a press release. It's, it's crucially teaching you what is newsworthy and how to understand what's newsworthy about your business. You know, if you are somebody who just quickly wants to get media coverage for your business, that has been used to get thousands of pieces of media coverage. So go to class-pr.com. And just click on get the template on the website there. We've got loads of how-to guides, loads of blogs, loads of podcasts, uh, the PR hack videos. We've got almost 100 PR hack videos, just short three-minute videos where I'll give you a a brief teaching on hundreds of areas of PR. So yeah, if you are a business, a small business or a startup, who's thinking, how can we get media coverage? How can we connect with podcasters and bloggers? How can we get our message out there to our audience? Pop over to class-pr.com. Or you can tweet me as well, at Alistair Clay, which is my personal Twitter account, or you could just go to at
0: ClassPRHQ. Terrific. Well, Alistair, it's been a pleasure meeting you. And thank you so much for sharing with the Hack the Process listeners. David, it's been really great to speak to you. I love the show. And yeah, thanks for having me on. Are you glad you listened to this episode of Hack the Process? Then take an action now. Make a note about something you just heard, and how it's going to help you as you hack your own process. And let me know about it. This has been M. David Green, your host for Hack the Process. You can tweet me at Hack the Process, leave a review for the show on iTunes, and visit hacktheprocess.com to check out the show notes for this episode and join our community of process hackers. Thanks for listening.